Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It's good to be with you again. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also uh, find out more about our work by going to johnwarrenmedia.com, our website. You'll see there a tab for uh, consulting for CFS Financial to learn more about that work. Um, We work with Christian nonprofits primarily on areas of uh, debt reconciliation, debt negotiation, all things financial, including uh, governance and strategic planning. So uh, please send along a uh, comment on our contact form if you'd like, uh, or you can email me at john at johnwarrenmedia.com. Well, it is good to be with you again today. uh, We're going to talk about uh, something that is a little unusual. It's something that's kind of heavy on my heart. And, and I'm, I'm not going to, uh, for once, start at the beginning and have this laborious uh, introduction. I, I, I think most of you in this audience know me by now. And you know where I stand on, on, on truth, obviously, the subject of this podcast. And you know we cover a lot of ground, a lot of topics. Uh, but in the case of this particular episode, I want to I want to talk about a juxtaposition that is that is awkward. It's a it's a challenge in my own life. I bet it's a challenge in yours. I think it's a challenge that a lot of evangelicals have answered, uh, you know, rather rather poorly, if I can say that kindly. And that is the the contrast between standing for truth and being loving. There are a number of imperatives in Scripture that talk about our our standing for truth, and we're going to talk about some of those. And there are an equal number, or probably more, that that talk about our need to be loving. The New Testament summary of the law, the greatest commandment, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, and the ministry of Jesus in the ministry of uh, in Jesus's ministry, he talks about this a lot. Um, and and uh, in in Paul's epistles, uh, we we read a lot about how we are to love each other. You already know if you've been following this podcast or attending a church that preaches teaches truth. Uh, you already know the different types of love. You know uh, the the difference between agape and 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 brotherly love, and, and so we're not going to uh, belabor those points today. But there's a there's a tension in the Christian life that I want to talk about, and and I, I have a friend who uh, I, I serve on a board with, and we 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 had a a, a lively uh, board exchange a couple of weeks ago on a topic that really relates to this. And, and his, his reply uh, sort of reminded me of, of this challenge, this, this juxtaposition. And, and so I, I want to start with uh, by saying, I want to be sure that I'm loving as I talk about this. But I, I think it's, 
it's an important topic. And it, it goes something like this. How do we, how do we stand for truth? We Christians, if you've, if you followed this podcast or you've, you've, you've been in a good church, you know, that, that, you know, the, our source of truth is scripture, our means of grace, our, 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 our prayer and, and scripture primarily. Um, there are also the sacraments, but, but for now, let's just focus on, on, on scripture and, and absolute truth, God's specific revelation to us in his word. You can, you can learn a lot, a lot about God from a waterfall, from nature. He's revealed himself in a number of ways, but the specific truths that we need to know, particularly in places like the U.S., the, the specific truth that we need to know is found in, in scripture. We know that uh, some things about that truth. It's absolute. Uh, we know that it is without compromise. It is, it, it is, it is exclusive. It is the exclusivity claims of Scripture. The fact that God is God, that God is existed in eternity past, which we've already talked about recently on another episode, and and is unchanging, has not changed through eternity past through. Um, the the creation of of the heavens and the earth um, through uh, biblical Old Testament history through the New Testament through uh, ancient uh, world history through the creation of the U.S. and so on all the way through our lives today and and beyond into things we think of as eschatology things that are to come and uh, all the way through. Our, our being with Christ, in Christ, with him forever, for eternity. And, 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 and on and on and on that goes. So um, through, through eternity future. And, and so we know that God is unchanging and we, we, we get that. We know that scripture claims, makes ex- exclusivity claims. And that, that means, what that means, that it's either all correct or, or all wrong. And I believe it to be all correct, and and I don't just believe that because that's a safe answer. I don't I don't hedge my bets, as some people have said in the past. Um, I I believe it to be true because of the the revealed integrity of the Word of God, because of the historical record, because of the lack of contradictions in Scripture. The fact that, as my friend Clay has said a couple of times at our church because the gospel is incredibly logical. And, and so if we, if we study it and God reveals himself to us and, and, and confirms that our faith is, is well-placed, then, then I think we recognize that, that, that we're, we're right and, and the, the biblical record is, it is correct. And so I guess the question becomes then, if we're going to stand for truth the way scripture tells us to, and I'm going to, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture today. And I, 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 I want to, I, I want to be kind about the application of this, but how do we stand and still love our, our friends? And, and I, I know that um, I have friends who are Hindu, who are Muslim, who are Mormon and uh, Jehovah's witnesses. And uh, I, I, I don't think a lot of them listen to this podcast, but, but in, in case they do, uh, you know, I, I want to be loving in my communication. And, 
I, I don't want to take in instructions that are meant for inside the church and apply them to the world, but I do want to live a life that is loving. And so to do that, I, I have to tell the truth. I get, I get no pleasure from uh, the, the naming this podcast Relentless Truth. I, I don't, I don't want that to trigger anybody. I don't, I'm not looking to, to be unpleasant. I'm not looking to, to, to be burdensome. I'm not looking to make listening to this podcast painful. I'd like it to be light and entertaining, frankly. But I have to, because I believe God has called me to this work, has given me this platform, and because hundreds of you listen to this podcast, I've got to tell you the truth. And, and it would be unloving not to. And I can use all the cheesy analogies that I've heard over the years about, you know, having a cure for a disease or, or being able to stop something awful from happening. If, if you're faced with any of those realities, of course, you tell the truth. And yet, it's kind of thought of today in evangelical circles to, that, that, oh, the truth is just too harsh and can't you be more loving? And why don't we worship tolerance in the church the way we do in our, our society? Well, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about relativism, but our culture has embraced this thing called cultural relativism. You, you know about Darwinism, social Darwinism. You know that they, they believe that that's a philosophy that says that the world is upwardly spiraling, that all matter and everything on the earth is upwardly spiraling. And oh, oops, by the way, we need to help a little bit. Well, there, there's another worldview that, that is a very popular one that is just sort of permeated our society in the last 10 years. It was around from my childhood, for sure. But uh, it's really taken hold in the last 10 years. And that says that the culture sets the, the moral tone, that the, the culture determines exactly what, what, we're, what we're going to do, what we believe is right and wrong. Um, and and that, th- that should concern us all. That, that really is one of the issues I want to talk about today. And, and, and the culture says that tolerance is, is to be worshipped. And it's, it's really curious, isn't it, that, that, and I've said this before, that they, 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 they worship tolerance and we should tolerate just everything. But they won't tolerate Christianity because Christianity is intolerant. So there's a, there's a tolerance paradox there. I've talked about that before on this podcast. Not going to go there for any length of time today. But there's, there's an interesting uh, couple of details that I want to talk about, and, and this is where we really start to get in trouble in Scripture. Biblical imperatives versus indicatives. An indicative is a statement of truth, a fact. And an imperative is a law or a rule. An imperative is what you tell your children when you're at Publix or wherever you are when you do your shopping, and you say, no, 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 Peter, do this right now <laughs> and and your child knows or Susie uh, I want you to do the following with that with that look and that and that voice and um my my daughter told me one time when I did that she said dad you're scaring me right now and I said why why sweetie and she said you have stripes on your forehead so apparently I raised my eyebrows and that scared her 
So, so there, th- those are imperatives. They, it, it, do this or and or, or or don't do that. And and then and then there are just indicatives. They're just facts. They're just they're just stuff. There's just communication. And and indicatives can be truths. They they are truths. And they're they're just facts about things. They're observations. They're they're general truths. And where we get in trouble in scripture is when we take indicatives and turn them into imperatives. A lot of the wisdom literature in scripture, Proverbs, Psalms, and the like, for example, just for example, because this is also true in the New Testament, but those can be confusing because some people airlift things out of scripture using eisegesis, reading into the text, rather than exegesis, reading out of the text, and and they can they can be guilty of practicing this practice of calling an indicative and imperative. We need indicatives. All imperatives are based on indicatives, are based on facts. But an imperative is a command. Is if you do this, then this will happen. Or, 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 or God Almighty saying, "This is what you are to do." Sometimes we read imperatives written for other people that teach us. They kind of become indicatives for us. But other times we have imperatives in Scripture. This mandate. To love one another is an imperative in Scripture that we find again and again and again. So we've got another kind of imperative, though, that is that really the topic today is this clash, this conflict, this juxtaposition between our, our need to really love each other well, and to do that, we, we need to, to state the truth. And I, I'm drawn to some passages that I want to I want to just talk about. Galatians two is one of them, uh, verses four and five. And I'm I'm not going to be able to do this perfectly and read all the context, but this is Paul writing to the church at Galatia, and he says, "Yet because a false brother secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they may bring us into slavery, to them." We did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Paul talks a lot about the truth of the gospel and the importance of, of, of preserving it, of, of standing. In Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 10 through 15. He's, he's kind of doing this doxology at the end and these these are these are beautiful he says and you're familiar with this one he says finally be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He's laying it out there. And here's what he says. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. He goes on to say, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Wow. All these battle metaphors and the word boldly appears several times. And Paul's making it clear that there's the need, the need for the Christian to stand. It's important for the Christian to stand, to stand for the gospel, to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you say, well, I'm, I'm new to this and I don't know what that is. It is the good news of Jesus Christ that he, he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, ministered on this earth and, and then was executed by the very people who he ministered to uh, on a cruel Roman cross. He was raised on the third day. He, appeared in another body and ascended and sits at the right hand of the father making intercession for us. That good news of Jesus Christ is, is the gospel. That is this gospel that saves us by faith. He is our propitiation. We've talked about that before. I'm happy to share more detail with you. We don't have time on this podcast to develop these thoughts real well, but if you've struggled with these truths, I'm happy to spend some time with you walking through all of this. But this is the thing that we stand for. This is, this is really the thing. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the thing that kind of separates us, not kind of, it, it separates us from the rest of the world. And it's a differentiator among worldviews. This is really curious to me that a lot of people will talk about the big man upstairs. They'll talk about God. They'll talk about, um, sure, you can, you know, maybe Allah and God are kind of the same thing, or, 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 or maybe we and, you know, Mormons are Christians too, aren't they? And and I I you don't have no idea how badly I want to say yes to that, but I can't. I I would not be loving if love is and it is this notion of doing good for another person, this notion of esteeming the needs of another ahead of our own, the, the meeting the needs of the cherished, cherished object without regard for reciprocity. That's what agape love, that's what the kind of love that we are required to do, to have. It, it's, a, it's an action. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling. We are required to do this. If I'm going to do that, if I'm really going to care about the needs of the other person, I can't tell my Mormon friend that I, I, I can't assure them that, yes, you're a Christian too. I, I have to tell them, no, you're, 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 you're yeah, I don't have to use the word cult, but you're, you're part of a false religion. You're, you've, you've got some of the trappings of Christianity. You, you sound like a, a Christian. You're, you're some of the nicest people on this earth. You're, you're, you're practicing godliness, a form of godliness, small g. You're, you're, you're without God, without the truth. And, 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 and it will be damning for you. It is damning for you. It's damning for you on this earth, and it will be eternally damning for you. That, that is true love. There's, there's a gracious way to say all that, and I wouldn't just blurt all that out the way I just did, obviously. I've got to have 
to, to do that effectively, I've got to have some credibility built. I've got to have emotional capital built, don't I? You know how that works. I, I can't just usually walk onto an airplane and look at the guy sitting next to me or across the aisle and say, hey, I want to tell you about the gospel. Or I want to tell you that what you believe is, is sadly damning to you. So, yes, it is loving to tell the truth. Whether, whether the person is a Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon, or just an agnostic who thinks, well, truth isn't discoverable, or an atheist who says, I, I, I'm actually going to admit that I'm actually really opposed to this, this, this truth, the truth of God, the truth of the gospel. And, and, and to my Catholic friends, I, 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 I don't want to leave you out. I don't, I don't, believe me, I don't put you in the same group as these other uh, cults, uh, these other completely false religions, but I, I would encourage you. And, and I, I have uh, students and friends who are, who are Catholic and, and I, I would just encourage you to ensure that you are trusting in Christ alone for your salvation, that you are not adding to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you are, you're not praying to saints or to a Pope or worshiping a Pope uh, or Mary but that you you uh, take a careful careful look at at your religious system and what it stands for. I one of the strongest Christians I know on this earth is uh, my friend Jim LaTulip, who who is Catholic, and and I I I I don't know if, you know, and I, he and I've had a couple of conversations about this. I I don't get it. I don't know why he stays in the Catholic Church. I'm sure there's tradition and family and 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 familiarity and a, a bunch of things. And I I know that Jim believes in justification by faith alone in Christ alone, but his church does not. And and I know there are Catholic churches that teach certain truths certain ways, and others that that don't. And I don't want to beat up on the Catholics for an entire podcast, but I I think it's important if I'm going to be loving to them to say, yeah, if you really look at scripture, if you look at history, first of all, to decide what is scripture and is not what was included in the canon of scripture and is not. And then if you look at that carefully and you examine the life of Jesus and, and the doctrines of justification by faith as taught by Paul in his epistles, just look at that body of information and, and you see something that is contrary to a lot of the the traditions, uh, confession to a priest, um, it, it it goes on and on. I, I'm not going to list all the things. I'm not looking to get you, make you angry at me. I I I just wouldn't be loving if I didn't tell you the truth. There, look look. There are plenty of professing evangelical pastors and churches and leaders who are teaching a false doctrine. There is no question. That the enemy, I love the way Vody Bauckham says that if the devil himself organized the town, everybody go to church every Sunday. In fact, they go to a lot of our churches that, that exist and they'd all look nice and cleaned up and there wouldn't be debauchery in the streets and, and, and all kinds of things. They're, 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 we'd look good. We'd feel good about ourselves. We'd, we'd be professing Christians, but the gospel wouldn't be preached. And that, that's really what I'm getting at in in this in this episode. Now, 1 John 4 is is really interesting. I'm going to 
I'm just going to jump in in the middle of it. And this is a, this is a tough passage for a podcast, but I, I, I want to just talk about a, a couple of, couple of other sections of scripture on, on this front. And I, and I want to talk about some very practical ways that we can stand for truth and, and still be loving with each other. It, it is, it is imperative for us to see that standing for truth is the only way that we can be genuinely loving. If we fall for the lie that just says, let's worship tolerance like our culture does, I've got to tolerate all the things. And, and I, I know talking about um, the LBGTQ plus community, the, the uh, transgender community, all those things are very popular right now. And, and they're, they're, they're lightning rod issues. They're divisive issues in, in churches. I, I get all that. And, I, I talk about that sometimes on this podcast. Sin is sin. All kinds of sin is sin. And sexual sin of all types and, and other types of sin are sin. Paul makes this clear. Read, if you don't believe me, just just take a take a look at Romans 1 and read, read, read it all the way through. Don't stop. Don't stop with homosexuality and the hardening of heart. Read on all the way through and you'll, you'll see sin is sin. And then jump over to chapter 3. And, and, and read the list of, of, of the ways we're all condemned. There are 14 of them. So, so sin is sin. We've got to be fair about that. We've got to call it what it is. I've got to, I've got to admit well, when I start pointing fingers that I too am a sinner and in desperate need of a Savior. I must trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Well, if you look at uh, chapter 4 of 1 John, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. God. God is not just loving. This is me talking now, not reading scripture. God, God is not just loving. He is love. It is part of his essence. It's just a beautiful truth. Now I'll go back to 1 John. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There that word is again. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And he goes on, he says, he just reinforces this. He says, by this, I'm in verse 13 now of 1 John 4. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because he is so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. 
We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. You know what's interesting about that passage? I just read most of 1 John chapter 4. What's interesting about that passage is it doesn't mention tolerance. It doesn't say that we must tolerate everyone and everything. It, it, it really talks about loving one another and abiding in Jesus Christ. There's some things that are very important to get right. And, and, and truth is important. These truths that I just read are incredibly important. You don't see references in scripture to tolerance. You see reference to love. And that's, that's, it's not a nuanced point I'm making. It is vastly different to love someone than to just tolerate everything. In fact, it's unloving to have as, as, as an aspirational thing uh, uh, tolerance. In fact, it's impossible. If, you, if you're a logical person, you, you realize that any claims of exclusivity, which the Mormons make, the, the Muslims make, uh, any, uh, you know, obviously in Christianity, but cannot be included in this tolerance mandate. Uh, there, there's just no aspiration in, in any of them to be, to be completely tolerant. It's a silly thing. It's one that requires inconsistency. It basically says there are no moral principles. There's no truth. If you if you say you worship tolerance, then you you have to conclude that you you buy into moral relativism, and a thing can be right in one culture because the culture says it is, and not in another, and that that can move by definition. Our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His essence is unchanged. The gospel is completely unchanged. I, I want to look at one other thing, uh, maybe two. And and it's the same topic, but I want to look at Second John, which is just one chapter. And, and listen to what he says in, in verse six. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. So his imperatives. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning so that you should walk in it for many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. This is is very clear. The doctrine of Jesus Christ must be taught. We must abide in in the teaching of Jesus Christ. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. So, 
there's no option here. There's no Christians can believe in Christ and 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 a, a deity, providential uh, force of some kind, and other religious systems can believe in in Buddha and Allah and all all the rest, and 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 all can be right. No, Scripture makes it clear. So, I want to look at one more section quickly. I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, just another imperative. It's interesting the way Paul talks about this. Verse uh, 13 of chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians says, he talks about these two concepts very comfortably together. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Being watchful, standing firm in the faith, and acting like men and being strong, he, he, he talks about in conjunction with love, very comfortably. Let all that you do be done in love. It is loving to be strong. It is loving to stand for truth relentlessly. I hope that comes across on this podcast. It's not an option to to look the other way to say, oh, you know, they're kind of that group is they're kind of hypocritical anyway. And and so it's okay if you know, I know they don't quite get justification by faith right. They might not get the gospel right. They they might not understand who Jesus is, but you know, they're they're sincere and they're they're the nicest people. Like Vody Bauckham said, a world, a town run by the devil would be a very nice place that you, Christian, would be comfortable in. You'd be very comfortable there. Be nice and clean. Be very welcoming. Just wouldn't understand who Jesus Christ is and wouldn't talk about the gospel. If, if that's true of your church, of your denomination, if you're a Catholic or you're, you're uh, I'm not putting these in the same category, but if you're a Mormon or, or a Hindu or a Jehovah's Witness or, or an atheist or agnostic, and you, you just say, okay, you're, you're talking over my head a little bit. I don't see the distinction. I, I, I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about. Why is Jesus so important? I, I would welcome the opportunity to have a, a quick discussion with you. I... I, it doesn't have to be quick. Uh, this is the most important thing I do is talking about these these truths. I want to do so faithfully. Uh, I want to I want to close with this. And my producer told me never to say that, so don't tune me out. Stay with me. Paul's admonitions in Romans twelve are really interesting. I want you to listen to what he says. Now this this is a man who's writing this epistle to to the church at Rome because he'd been opposed by the Judaizers. He was weary. And he talked about the inconsistency of those that would have the Gentiles get circumcised, those who would take current professing Christians and have them conform to the old law, the old rituals, the sacrifice system. And so Paul's a fighter. He had had to run for his life. And he knew he was about to have to do it again on his third missionary journey. So he, he understands the battle that is that is ongoing. And he still told the truth. There are a lot of passages we could have read where Paul is just bluntly stating the truth. 
in chapter two of Romans, he says, oh, so you, you want to be justified by works. Let me show you what that would look like. That's an often confused set of indicatives that, that we read in some circles. We, they're read like imperatives. So go be good enough to merit God's favor. Well, if you study all of scripture, not, you don't have to study much of it, you know that that is impossible to earn God's favor on our own. We are completely dependent on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Well, this same Paul, who who was a tough guy, you know, we just read the uh, se- several uh, passages on, on where where Paul is is urging uh, Timothy, among others, to stand. Well, listen to what he says: Let love be genuine. This, this is what he's talking about. If if love is genuine, it's not embracing tolerance. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Well, to do that, we have to be honest about what is evil and what is good. We have to call evil evil. I, you know, I am not suggesting that you run around or I run around looking for a fight, but I am suggesting that we're prepared to tell the truth in love. And to tell the truth in love does not mean to be tolerant. It means to tell the truth. If we're telling it in love, we've got to tell it clearly. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Paul explains exactly how we are to live. This notion of being loving is not the least bit consistent with this notion of being tolerant of everything. This this love, this agape love that we are to have, even brotherly love that we're to exhibit to our neighbor is very consistent with truth-telling, standing, telling the truth, taking a stand on biblical truth and telling others that I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he is the son of God and he died conquering sin and death on our behalf. And all we must do is turn from our self-reliant sin and repentance and trust in him. Proclaiming that is the single most loving thing that we can do. Now it gets harder to do in real life. You receive an email saying, well, you know, let's water that down. Well, let, let's, let's not. I, I didn't receive an email saying, yeah, let's water that down. I know I talked about an email earlier today, but, but or, or you, you receive a text or you're in a conversation or, or you're, 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 you're trying to accomplish something either in writing or, or orally in conversation with someone. And, and, and you have that moment where you're either, you're either going to exercise tolerance or you're going to tell the truth and you're just, you just have to, you, you, or, or you have an opportunity where if you don't, you're going to leave the person thinking you agreed that, that the truth morphs. Truth doesn't change. Our God is unchanging. His essence is unchanging. Salvation has, has been by faith all along. It's important for us to proclaim that. And you saw in First John how important it is for us to abide in Jesus Christ. We must know him to be able to do that. I, I hope this encourages you. I, 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 you know, I'm not looking to, 
to criticize harshly, but I'm looking to tell the truth. And I, I want to love this audience well by being truthful. And I hope that's what we've, we've done today. If this has whetted your appetite, if this, if this has prompted you to say, you know, I'd like to study this further, I hope you'll send an email to me at john at johnwarrenmedia.com or uh, go to your pastor if you're in a good church that believes that scripture is to be exegeted, not uh, eisegeted. If you uh, go to a church where the word of God is preached, is taught, then go to a go to a pastor and ask about this episode, about play it for your pastor or ask your pastor to listen. I would welcome that engagement. So please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, don't don't hesitate to contact me using our contact form also on our website. Uh, we'll be back next week as we continue our series on the attributes of God. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.